Hello, everyone. At the same time. Go on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, God. Hello, everybody. Um, we just want to introduce ourselves. Um, our podcast it's called Chirping with ABA Owls, um, and it's with Carla and myself, Lauren. Hi, and um, yes, hi. And um, I also just wanted to say that Carla and I are recording from different ends of the earth, so um, it's quite it makes our podcast a little bit more interesting across hemispheres and time zones oh, yeah. and <laughs> continents and countries. So yeah, so um. Yeah, we're really glad that you've come to join us. And also just wanted to say that this is a disclaimer that the, this podcast, Con and I created because we wanted to share our thoughts and experiences. We're not saying that this is the be all and end all of everything in ABA. It's just what we've experienced and what we believe works and what we've lived through and um, feel is the the best part of the ABA we know. So yeah, so that's, um, that's about it really. So welcome back. Thank you for coming for the second episode. Um, we hope, you know, you share with people you think will be, you know, will be grateful to listen to this and or, or grateful or they will, they will find it interesting. Um, so we thought today we were debating about the second topic um, and we thought, and so as you see from the title, we call it ABA as a superpower because it is, it can be used as a superpower like Superman. Um, and we thought we would discuss why is ABA effective? What makes it super in a way? Um, and we want, you know, we wanted to give examples and we were going to go look through our experiences and other things that we've noticed that are helpful in our daily lives with ABA. So we just want to go through all of that with you today. So bear with us. Uh, Hopefully, we will make it clear and concise because we're quite new to recording. And as Lauren said, we're in different parts of the world, so we can't even see each other. Um, so sometimes you you might listen, you know, one of us trying to say something and have to, having to wait because, you know, it's harder when you don't have the person in front of you. <laughs> yes. And also, Carl and I like to talk to each other and we like the topics we talk about. So we get very excited. We get passionate. So we talk over each other um, all the time, um, yeah. especially me. So apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my, that's my thing. I interrupt her. She's like, just stop interrupting me. And I'm like, sorry, it's not intentional. No, it's fine. It's um, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so, so yeah. yes. No, you go. Okay, I go. Um, so, you know, uh, we thought we would talk about a few things why we feel that ABA is really effective and things that we love about ABA. So I think one of the things that strikes me first about the things that I noticed about ABA is that it's incredibly highly in individualized. So it's very much tailored for the client or the person that's receiving the treatment. Um, so each person will be assessed thoroughly before a program is designed and it will be literally designed to suit their needs and the best way that client can benefit from it. And I, I remember when I first started my career, I was like, I wonder why I teach this child this way and another child that way. And my supervisor at the time, or the person who was training me, was like, well, this just works better for that kid. And it took me a long time to realize, as a new person in the field, that it is really important because how I learn is different from how Carla learns. And, you know, as you train more and more people – as you advance in the field in terms of your practice, you start to realize that as well and the people you're training so that everyone is individual. And that's the beauty of um, what we do. And of course, the person is at the center of the program. It's not about me and what I think and 
how I deem appropriate what they learn. It's about what would best suit that person. And, um, you know, it, the blame is never on that client or child, mm-hmm. ever. It's never what they don't do and, oh, they're not learning and what's wrong with them. Okay, it's for us as behavior analysts, and Carla can concur with me here, is mm-hmm. what isn't working. And, exactly. You know, how are we going to make it better? Um, so I always give the example of a flower because, or a plant, however you want to imagine this flower. It can be very, like, I like orchids, but some people like daisies, you know, depends on your, your flavor. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if a flower is dying or showing signs of weakness, we don't just throw away the flower immediately, okay? We'll be thinking about, can we give the flower more food? Can we give it more sunlight? Does it need to be resoiled or does it need a new pot? Does it need to be moved in the house? Does it have enough air? You know, and I like to think of that as how I think about the people I work with. I don't just go, oh, we'll just throw the child away. We'll get a new one. We'll just replace it with a new child. We can start this program again. It's why isn't it working and how can I help that flower or that young person or that person could be an adult be better. And I've got to think about all those invariables around that person, not just going, oh, it doesn't work. Okay, cool. We'll just move on to the next thing. Um, so, yeah, Carla, do you want to add anything there? Yes, yes, I do. Because um, you use the flower analogy. I think more in terms of how did I feel when I was in school and I remember like in, you know, in Portugal when I was a child and I always, I had a very old school teacher. Well, no rulers, thank God, but she was very, you know, don't waste my time with stupid questions. And some kids struggled with things. And I had, thankfully, my parents were quite involved and, you know, my mom worked longer hours um, and my dad helped me a lot with maths. My mom would help, you know, of course, like science and stuff. And that was more her area of expertise. Uh, but my dad is the maths man. And I remember that he he showed me easy ways to try and do it. And if I couldn't do it, he would show me another way of doing it. Because that's the beauty of maths. That's, there's different things of mm-hmm. doing things. And I love maths. And and that's what I remember growing up, being like, I don't understand something. But I felt, when I didn't understand, I felt bad because I didn't understand it. And as I grew up, I realized, you know what? It's not my fault. It's, you know, it's the teacher's responsibility to make sure, okay, this is not working for this child. How can I make this, you know, more pertinent to their lives? And I'm not saying every teacher is like that, because I've had very amazing teachers that I'm still in contact with. Uh, But it's, you know, it's looking at if it's not, if the child's not understanding, I would say don't just assume it's the child's problem or even not just a child, even an adult. Like sometimes adults think they learn a certain mm-hmm. way and they don't. And I think we should always take this lesson throughout our lives. If someone, if you're saying something to someone and they're not understanding and they're just, you know, there's fighting or there's, you know, um, not being able to do something, maybe change your approach. And I found that when I change my approach with both autistic and neurotypical people, I do get better results. And that's how it becomes effective. Absolutely. And uh, what you said last time, Carla, about until you change, to, to quote Carla from our previous episode, if you woo! haven't listened, please go listen. Um, <laughs> She she talked about, you know, the child or the person you're working with behavior is not going to change until your behavior changes. And, you know, that's that's the key, you know, to unlock whatever potential. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, you know, a little bit of backstage stuff like, you know, Lauren, 
um, is quite good with looking at the computer to look at stuff while she speaks. Whereas me, I get distracted by the, you know, by the screen. Whereas if I have a piece of paper, I'm less likely to be distracted. So, you know, everyone's different. And as long as you get the positive result, that's all good. Because ABA, it's all about being positive. We're all about fun and, you know, like Lauren said, programs around the clients. And, you know, sometimes people think some maybe people go a little bit over the top and they can do. I think adapt yourself as well to the child, because if they're the ones learning, we're the ones who need to adapt and not the other way around. Um, and, you know, I I've been over the top with some children that love it. They just go bananas over it. And then there's other children who don't appreciate if you're too over the top. They, they might think it's fake or they might not want to do it. But overall, it's always positive. If you go over the top or not, it's always positive. It's always about, you know, finding finding the solutions and bringing out the best in them. And you want to focus on how to get the best results out of out of the child because it's that's why we're here. You know, so if if you're not getting them to improve, then you need to look at what you're doing. Um, like, for example, in when it comes to a positive listing, I I implemented that in my life as well. It's not just with the children. I work with children where, you know, I've looked at, OK, this child um, is not speaking. How can we make them make them speak? So we want to increase the positive behaviors. But I've done that with myself or with other more of my friends actually I ABA my friends all the time if you're if oh, anyone, I know <laughs> if they're <laughs> listening to this you'll know I use ABA on you guys all the time not they will listen to this you know but um but it's it's a well, thing they of, may. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a thing of okay what can you do because everyone is very problem focused and I just try to be okay this is bothering you what can be done? What can you do? Can you look at this? Can you look like offer solutions? That's what ABA is all about. And I think that's why it gets, in my opinion, gets such good results. It's because we're always looking at how can we change this in a, in a, for the better? Because if we just focus on the problem, we should know what the problems are. But if that's all our focus, then you won't see results. I don't think you'll see results if you're just focusing on the problem. You know, Lauren, do you want to add anything? Because I know you have lots of experience on things. Yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, it's like, it is, it, ABA is innately positive because it's, it does focus on what we want to see. So if, you, if you're lucky enough to see a really, really good ABA program, you'll see that sometimes kids are doing stuff you don't want them to do, but no one's talking about that because that's not what we want to see more of. We only want to bring attention mm. to things we want to see more of. So you'll see people being really positive when kids are doing great stuff. And when they aren't doing great stuff, no one's going, I don't want you to do that. Please don't do that. I've told yeah. you 20 times not to do that. You don't hear that, like, ever. So it's, yeah, I, I think for me, when I first saw it in action, I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot going on yeah. here. A lot, like, of stuff, behaviors that aren't great, but no one's really bringing attention to it. And it was actually really nice to be involved in a in an environment where things are innately positive and you're seeing the positive sides of things. So yeah, that's that's what I just have to add about that. No, exactly. I completely agree. And it's the thing I think positive. Like someone said something really cool to me years ago, <clears throat> and they said um, people are either 
radiators or drainers. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good analogy because, you know what, and sometimes people are drainers and they don't want to be drainers, but they don't know how to be radiators because no one's taught them that. And it's also a skill. It is a skill to be, you know, solution oriented and positive. And it's not mm-hmm. easy. And I know with all the mental issues are going like they're finally being talked about. It's not natural for everyone. It's not easy. And but it is a skill that can be taught and that can be yeah. cultivated and yep. it's the same same principles we use for autistic children. We can use for neurotypical children, neurotypical adults, and they'll be just as relevant. Um, but yeah, and it's the thing of ask as well other people. I, me and Lauren do, you know, chat to each other all the time, and with other friends of ours that are in the field or other professionals we trust, that we just, okay, I'm doing this. What do you think? And you know, oh, do you think I'm doing that? Because it's not because we're not confident in our skills. It's because you want to you want someone to also give you an honest opinion if they think something is working or not because that's how we become respo- that's how we're responsible is how mm. we are accountable for our actions because mm. we have someone with similar experiences or with a different point of view who might let us know oh actually maybe try this this way and it might work yeah. a bit better you know and you know I was talking to Carla this morning about a book that I'm currently reading, um, and we'll mention the name of it, but it, it, it's, you know, it, one of the chapters is It Takes a Village, and I think that dovetails mm. quite nicely into what you were saying, Carla, like, it takes a village of knowledge in order to, to create a robust, independent young person, or child, or adults, or whatever, and if we're not sharing experiences, and we're not trying to understand each other, trying to work together, we're going nowhere slowly, you know, yeah. and I think... The, certainly the, the behavior analysts I, I like to associate with, we're all like that. We're like, okay, well, I'm going to ask Carla because, you know, I know that she was dealing with something similar and I want to hear her honest thoughts on it. And, you know, Carla and I are very real with each other before we start podcasts. Like, actually, I don't think that's a good idea. I know you suggested it, but I don't think it's a good idea. And here's the reason mm-hmm. why. And we don't take it personally because it's about us growing to to create a really, really good outcome. And we don't want to waste our time going, oh, I don't really want to upset Carla. I don't want really to upset Lawrence. I'll just leave it. And I'm like, no, let's be mm. honest, but let's be kind yeah. so that we can move on. And I think that's the beauty of working with other professionals and other people. I ask other people's opinions all the time about everything. I'm like, what do you think about that? What did you do when that happened? And how would you react if that happened? Yeah. Because I want to know more and more about other people and how they react because behavior is very interesting to me. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. You know? And yeah, anyway, so, and also I think Carla, it's important to talk about how ABA is effective and, you know, why, you know, we've chosen a few things why we think it's effective, but, you know, our careers are based. I mean, I, I didn't know that I wanted to do this. I, as I said, I found a school. I, I, I knew that I wanted to do something with kids. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I found a school that taught children with autism and it happened to be an ABA school, which I'm very fortunate um, was. But, you know, I didn't know that I was going to love what I do now. And my career is based on the reason I carried on is because I saw so much progress. I was like, wow, these kids are doing stuff that people have told us they'll never do, you know. Um, And the reason that we started our workshops and our podcasts is because we believe we can help people. And more importantly, we really want to help people. You know, Uh, it's 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 I almost feel like it's my my life's work to convince people that ABA is a good thing. Yeah. And 
even if I'm the only living proof and they only get to experience me, that they will walk away with a good experience. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, it, it is very effective. And the reason we carry on, and Carla will add her bit in now, you know, the reason we carry on is because I've seen so many amazing things, you know, in, in my short time in this in this field. I think it's funny you said about the, my life's work because I remember when I when I started BA, of course, I am later than you did. And I, I started in mm-hmm. Lauren's class in the same school. She was my boss. <laughs> and we just, we Only just for a little while. <laughs> well, yeah, you were my boss for a year and a few months. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we, we, we just got on. And um, and I remember when I started because I I come from fashion. I don't come from psychology. And I remember not doing what to do. I was just, you know, living my life. And I started working the school because I also always had the thing for teaching and, you know, sharing experiences and chill and working with children. And, and I remember calling my parents after my first day and I said, this is what I want to do. Like I had the most amazing day. Cause even, even if I was a bit, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing, etc. but it was so amazing to see that, I remember thinking, okay, this is it. And then after a few months of doing it, I remember going to Portugal to see my parents and my sister. And my dad just said, oh, you found your Joan of Arc cause to follow. Because my dad always says <laughs> I have a complex of, what does it say? A Joan of Arc complex, he calls it. Um, yeah, he we mix with a little bit of Mother Teresa, but I'm, like, I'm not sure if I, you know, I think those are really high high standards I, I, I'm not sure I want to be compared to something that high that's a bit a lot of pressure yeah. so no thank you thank you for the compliment dad but you know um but yeah it's it's that thing of you once you see it working and you see how well it can work it is it's like we said in the title it is a superpower because you just apply it to everything mm-hmm. and it just you know what, for us, we, you know, some people say, oh, ABA is not for everyone, which is fair enough. That's everyone's opinion. But I think ABA, the, the right, is great for everyone because because of all its things we mentioned, because it's individualized, it's positive, it's solution-based, and it's focused on being effective. It's focused on producing positive results for the person, not in the sense mm-hmm. of, you can now say all the numbers, blah, blah, blah. No, it's in the sense of, it's relevant in your mm. life you know it's it's not just you know we we don't want to create robots we want to create people help develop people that mm. have their interests and you know and then can be functional you know absolutely um and then i thought it'd be quite interesting for us to share some of our experiences to lead on from you know our careers and and why we've invested so much time and effort and many many years and many many gray hair and wrinkles and into this <laughs> like life's journey in behavior analysis and I thought we'd go through a couple of examples of the success stories we've had and kind of you know why we why we pick, picked these topics does that sound okay can I Carla? yeah can I just say I think I got more gray hairs from my dissertation than I get from my profession oh, oh amen <laughs> I, I I definitely got more gray hairs from a the dissertation and b the board certification exam studying for the board certification exam which was um, probably my biggest feat but anyway you know it was quite a big I don't want to think about it (laughs) no don't don't think about it let it happen to you it's fine Um, okay I'll go for it um so I worked with a young boy who's now a big boy now um 
for quite a long time when he first started and he had quite um severe challenging behavior he used to headbutt and bite people and hurt oh. himself um yeah it was awful to to witness and um you know he, i remember his mum telling me that he um a doctor or some professional had told her that he'll never talk and he'll never do anything <laughs> and when he started at the school you know i was like wow he's got quite a lot of problem behavior um so you know it, this is going to be quite a challenge but you know now he communicates he he is able to verbally communicate which is a huge a huge plus for him and also he has a um a disease that he manages himself like with supervision from a team of people but he does it all he checks his own blood he does everything and um you know coming from being told that he'll never do anything is quite an achievement so you know he's he's an inspiration to most people and he's one of the stories i tell when i talk about aba and why i do it so yeah that's why i wanted to share a little bit about his experience with you guys no and uh, yeah and that boy trust us that boy is amazing he's so funny he's just he's amazing he's, he's just a joy to have around and all the kids we work with are I, honestly when i just think <laughs> when some people say oh are autistic children really not i'm like listen the children i work with are brilliant they're angels neurotypical children um i worked with a boy well he's also now a man <laughs> a lot oh, of them no. there's a lot of them who are now men which is oh. weird and kind of crazy to think about um and i remember when i first started working with him he used to spit quite a lot mm -hmm. Um so he'd spit in your face maybe 500 times a day so oh. we, we were yeah oh. so he was a you know a, a dream to work with in the beginning especially cuz as I, as Carla was mentioning she was also new I was very new I think I'd been there maybe at the school for two months maybe three months um when we decided we would tackle his spitting behavior mm. um because it was you know it's not very <laughs> I don't have to spell it out, but it's not very socially acceptable to spit in people's faces, um, especially mm. at that ra at that rate. And um, so we put in a procedure, and um, he stopped spitting quite a, quite um, quite rapidly. But also, he wasn't able to go out in the community because a he used to spit a lot because he didn't get what he wanted, or he was told he couldn't have stuff, or he was given an instruction, or he wanted to avoid what he was being asked to do. Um, And so he couldn't go out in the community and he loved going to the shop. Like he'd ask for it. He pointed pictures of it. He was, he's a nonverbal, um, he's a signer. He uses Makaton to communicate anyway. And he used to tell us all the time he wanted to go to the shop. And so we were like, okay, you know what? Like once the spitting behavior was under control, let's start teaching him to go to the, to the shop. But our challenge was that as soon as he got into the shop, he'd grab every item and pop sweets everywhere. And the whole no. thing would be like, <laughs> like a, Like a, I don't know, a herd of elephants had gone through there and trashed the place. So, you know, as you can imagine, <laughs> we weren't very popular in the local <laughs> shop community. Um, our school wasn't. And so um, we oh. decided we would start working on it, t tiny bit by tiny bit. But anyway, mm -hmm. the, the, the long and short of it mm -hmm. is, is that that young man now, as part of his work experience and his community um, involvement, is that he works at a supermarket, he stacks the shelves, and he's... I think they have one member of staff for two or three of the adults that are there. So they don't need someone to stand near them and make sure they're doing their thing. So from grabbing and popping sweet bags to independently, essentially independently working in stacking shelves is quite a big journey for him. And he's one of the children I'm the proudest of. When everyone asks me, 
I talk about this boy and I'm like, you know, that they don't believe me when I tell the current staff that work with him. They won't believe me. They're like <laughs> talking rubbish. I'm like, I promise you, you would not recognize this boy. This is a complete 360. He's a completely different young person. And you know what? Not in the, we want to turn him into a robot, into we, the best parts of him have just been exacerbated. And that's through the positivity, the solution-based, 100%, and the highly individualized nature of his ABA program. I think the funniest thing is whenever, if I see, you know, I haven't visited our old workplace in a while, but when I did, and, you know, new tutors don't know who we are because we no. don't there anymore. But then, but the kids remember and they react to <laughs> Either they get excited or that if we say something, they will still listen to us because they will remember they, they yeah. these kids like normal kids remember, th- not all of them, but they do remember things and they remember people who, you know, who worked with them and who are fair. And, you know, I kept th- I keep thinking of because um, my first two examples are kids that I used to work with. And this, the second example I'm going to give is a kid that for me was the first child that, well, Charlie was a teenager. Now he's again a man. Oh, my days, he's so tall. Yeah. And um, and it was, he made me think about behavior a lot because he made me think, okay, really analyze why something is happening and why why is this behavior occurring? And he, he had a thing of following instructions, if they weren't interesting to him, wasn't necessarily something he wanted to do. Let's just say that. <laughs> and if you kept yeah. on it, yeah, he would he would not be happy and he would do everything that he could do. Like he would grab hair a lot. So we I remember we took data and I think it was how many times a day or cer- attempts uh, circa I'd well, say at least they were like, yeah, I'd say like it was like 75 to 100. Yeah, and it decreased to maybe, I don't know, 20 or even 10. I don't know. Like, by the time we finished the school year, it was nearly zero uh, mm. because he he learned we we changed the behavior on his head. We, we analyzed what was happening. We tackled it. So we taught him the correct way of, for example, asking for something instead of grabbing. Or we, we taught him that if he listened, he would get everything under the moon. And I remember it was really funny once. He loves music. Him and his brother, he love, they love music. It's very cute. And we're doing some work. So I would, you know, put our work materials near the, we had the big screen near the music. So then as soon as we fit, he did something right, he would get the music. So he starts learning. Okay, I do. I listen. I answer. I learn. I get music. And I remember I said, because before I had to, if I said sit down and he didn't listen to me, I had to turn off the music. But I remember one time I said, okay, sit down. And he ran, he ran and sat down with me to learn. And I remember our <laughs> our class leader was just like, oh, okay. Oh, he's he, so precious. He's amazing. He's honestly, I love him. He's just amazing. And I found it hilarious that as well, that he just... He ran to the table and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we did some learning and because he did such good, he was so good coming. I said, you know what? Go back to the music. That was brilliant listening. And, you know, sometimes it's good. Like Lauren said, we need to be kind and we can't just be work, work, work. And I've done this with children where if they, you know, if I said, okay, let's just, let's sit down and they immediately, immediately sit down. I'm just, you know what? 
you were so good listening. I'm going to reward you with a little bit more time playing, which is fine because then they, they'll learn, okay, I listened and I got more playtime. And that's how we get them to learn is focusing on, on their motivation. Absolutely. I, when I, I moved classes, so I, work, I was working with the older boys and then I moved to some younger children. And there was a boy in the class who um, was signing, but quite shockingly after the summer. I mean, I didn't understand any of the signs he was signing, but he had some vocals. So, so he would, you know, some of his vocals were, Ta! and that was for computer. And I was Whoa. like, well, I don't really know what he's asking for. And so let's work on, you know, if he's making vocals already, let's start working. Let's start pushing the, the vocals, like the sounds, the speech sounds. Anyway, and um, I think I, I was about maybe two months in into the year and one of the old people, one of the old tutors used to teach him came to visit us or covered one of our classes or something. And she was like, I cannot believe that he's speaking. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, he wasn't doing any of that, like to like before the summer. And I was like, oh, really? And so he was basically went from ta to computer. That's how you oh. say it. I know, it was the best, best. You could never not honor it. I was like, okay, go on the computer. Um, so he'd gone from, you know, one sound to like a send, you know, like a fully formed sound, I mean, fully formed word in the space of two months. And they couldn't be, they were like, Lauren, you wouldn't believe that there was the same child. And I had no idea really, because I didn't know him previously. So, you know, and that was because we were like, oh, he's making sound. Let's do this. Let's go for it. Like, let's, yeah. let's positively reinforce all those sounds. Let's work on the sounds. Let's do it. Let's, so it became, and he's now talking. He doesn't need to sign anymore. In fact, he sings like songs and things. And, we would have never known that was possible and we would have never pushed it as much if we had not been ABA people. Yeah. I, I truly and believe it, that. And it's also really important to have the right team behind you because you had a really good class leader with you that year, didn't you? Because it was, it was the year went to the little ones, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. And you had the, a, a good, like a good class leader who was also very uh, committed and very interested in having the kids improve. And then you mm. also had like good, like, you know, you nurtured your class as well. You nurtured yeah. your tutors and like, and you guys had like, I think you guys had a really good team. And I think on that yeah. year, I had a very good team as well. And I think it's, it's so important when people work together, when they communicate mm. and, you know, when people are interested, that's, you know, what motivation is, is everything guys, honestly, like mm. we, we cannot say enough about motivation. Um, I had a boy when I changed from <clears throat> from working in the school to working privately, and I still work with this boy. And he, you know, he didn't before when he was younger. He would speak. He would make sentences. And then he moved schools, and they put him on pecs. And you know what, pecs is a whole other thing we can talk about. But pecs for him wasn't. I don't think was the right move, just because he would speak. And then at the new school, they said, you know what, you need to use a picture to tell us what you want. So what happened was he stopped speaking and it took us months, months to just get him to start saying little words. And now he's not doing sentences yet, but sometimes he will say, um, give, give me clay, like very rarely. But he now is saying clearly what he wants and he even items he can't see which is wonderful and you know and he and that's just with having six hours of ABA per week uh, sometimes less um, 
so and that's the progress he's made he made in a short amount of time and I think for me is how much progress would it be if he had more support like not saying that the school doesn't support him because I'm sure they do but I I'm not there I can't see if the if the procedures in place are the most effective because but it's also because it's you and because it's highly individualized you looked at his needs yeah and you were exactly. like I think this is going to work let's give it a shot if it doesn't work I'll review the data and I'll make another plan like yeah exactly so I worked with also I, I he actually um was able to leave um the school that I worked in he he made so much progress but um in the time when I first worked with him he used to have quite a lot of um very intense kicking behavior so we were bruised black and blue for months no. um but such a clever boy I remember when he first came I was like wow like he knows all his colors and the children that I'd worked with before couldn't speak and couldn't tell me colors so he was like telling me black and gray and I was thinking wow he is this guy's got a lot of potential and he's also just a really lovely child um but he couldn't cope with any like changes in his routine like transitions from activities he couldn't cope with things like that and so he'd have um he'd kick quite a lot and we put a procedure in um for him which was highly individualized because of the nature of his needs um and um, one of the things we did was we would um, change his routine around. So we would show him, we had like a visual timetable to show him exactly what was going to happen in the day so he could feel comfortable knowing that when things were going to change, he could see where we were going next. So we got him used to the visual timetable. Um, and then we would, what we would do is we'd swap it around quickly and then reinforce him straight away for tolerating the change, basically. Anyway, he moved on very quickly from that and had no problem transitioning after that. We didn't use the visual timetable after that because he didn't need it anymore. He was okay with the change. Um, and so the kicking behavior also reduced because I think his, um, the problem behavior he was displaying is because he was unaware of what was happening. He didn't know when the change was coming. Anyway, he used to go to church and um, his, I remember like his mom, one of his mom's, biggest desires was him to go to church with her and not get upset you know when things in church changed or he had some unpredictable thing in his routine mm -hmm. and so I remember she reported to us I think it was like maybe six months after he'd been he was brand new to the school also by the way and um, his mom was like oh the people in church have come up to me to be like what have you done to your son I cannot believe this is the same young boy that's sitting in our church because he was attending church I know I mean, I cried in the meeting. It was like really emotional because for her and for him, they got to enjoy this community, this community involvement that they never would have had because of the nature of his needs and because of the fact that he was so unpredictable. And so, dare I say it, his behavior was, you know, it was quite dangerous to be around him. Yeah. He could kick some granny over in church and then, you know, where would they be? <laughs> so, you know, it a broken hip. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's so it was so beautiful to hear that message from her. And, you know, that's, again, why I've carried on my career and, and why I get to share these these experiences with you, because I've been part of this journey with him, you know. And, and it, yeah, I was going to say, it's it's so funny you mentioned interruptions, because I remember this boy I worked with last year that, you know, when the dad came home, he would hit his dad when dad came home mm. from work. Or, and I remember and then I, I remember asking questions to the parents and then ask them to take a bit of data from me and then I realized that he because I thought maybe he wants more attention but then I realized he doesn't know when the change is happening even if it's something that happens every day at the same time 
Yeah. He, for him, he didn't understand that interruption was coming. Like, for example, they, even if they said, okay, we're going to go shopping today. But for him today, he doesn't understand, like, when today. So when they yeah. said, okay, let's go to the supermarket now, he starts kicking off. And I, and I said to the parents, okay, we're going to start something new. So will you, when your husband, tell your husband when he leaves work to text you and you say, daddy will be home in half an hour. And then daddy will be home in 15 minutes and give them, give them lots of warning and then give them, mm. you know, reinforcement for tolerating the warning. And his behavior of, from interruptions, this, like not disappeared, but it was, the mom said it was such a huge difference uh, because, and then eventually moved them on to only giving him a warning a few minutes before but it started by first giving him lots of warning and reinforcement and then diminishing the reinforcement and then diminishing the time you give the warning so he could tolerate interruptions better and the mom did say that alone made such a difference because her husband would come home retired tired from work and the first thing he got was hit um, mm. and not having that did make him a bit more, you know, in a better mood, more willing to play with his child. And, you know, and it's, that's why we, we're here for, like Lauren said, it's to see these changes that <clears throat> help people with their daily lives. The things that neurotypical people probably take for granted that Absolutely. people with special, yeah, people with special needs in their family understand the value of it. It's like, oh my days, I don't have to be worried my son's going to kick me if I get home, mm. you know, and that's, you know, it's such a good thing to feel. Um, but yeah, those are our examples. And we have, um, Lauren, do you want to talk about book suggestion? Okay, so I thought um, in terms of books, I'm reading a book at the moment on and off um, called Positive Parenting for Autism, and it's by Victoria M. Boone. I just thought it's quite interesting. It's got, it's quite practical it's nicely written. The lady's very experienced um, working with parents and professionals. And um, it's a positive way of looking at um, ABA. So I thought it would be a really nice book for us to read um, or a suggestion for you to read, really. Um, yeah. So and also I thought of uh, a website we haven't mentioned yet, but I think it's quite good. It's the ABA for all. Uh, oh, yes. Very good. Yeah. It's very good as a Facebook page, there's a, a website and this lady, she um, she's a mother of a child that Lauren and I used to work with in the, at different times. Um, I had them much later than Lauren. And she is honestly a very nice lady and she just wants to help people. And she's very good at spreading the word. And she has a lot of information on her website. So if you ever, you know, if you don't know where to go to, uh, ABA for all. So I think it's ABA, the number four all the word all a l l and you can find it on google uh and she she just knows her stuff and she's very committed and it's a good place to to go yeah. to i think she's amazing um yeah she is she's a very nice lady um and if you you know what if you have any questions for us or any suggestions i know if people have topics they would like to listen to because i know some topics we keep we keep for workshops so this are on the podcast we use the topics that we don't have time to discuss on our workshops but we are more than you know we're happy to listen to suggestions and feedback and mm-hmm. you know questions so so you can always email us on aba.owls.uk@gmail.com so feel free Yep, that'll be us. Um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure when the next workshop. Oh, the next workshop. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, I do know when the next workshop <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I had a bit of a brain fart. Um, 
the next workshop is on the 28th of April and it will be focusing on food programs, um, improving eating. And yes, please come join us. We'd really, really like you to come and listen to our experiences yes. about that. Yes. It's a Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. so yes, we are, we're going to be doing it via online. Uh, so please do contact us with at least a few days in advance so we can send you the resources and we can set up uh, the link to do the online meeting. Uh, we've done it before. We've done it um, when we do it end of March and it went mm-hmm. really well, I think. Yep. Uh, and our ne- so we're going to do, even though we've released two episodes, we're going to, our plan is to release our podcast monthly. We might do it more frequently if, you know, if we have enough people listening Um because we think, you know what, there's no point in overwhelming the the network if <laughs> if we don't have listeners. Yeah. I think we will. I'm, we're hoping we'll have listeners, you know. Listen, uh, but please now, listen. Yes, but for now, they are going to be <clears throat> monthly. So we release these two episodes and then next episode will be in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, yeah, stay tuned for us getting more episodes in. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You say something. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Thank you so much much for joining us. We really, really enjoy sharing our passion about ABA. So please join us again and um, take care, especially during this time, and stay safe. Yes, stay safe. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye.